Welcome to Let's Talk, a podcast where we just talk about life's ups and downs, about the existential questions, and the small day-to-day stuff, pretty much anything. Join me, Sarah, and me, Amy, for a 30-minute conversation about whatever. Let's talk. About what? About setting goals and creating habits. Oh, this is a good one because I I really have a lot of trouble like maintaining habits. <laughs> so it's something I have to work really hard at because when I'm successful at it, it really makes my life better. But I, you know, I do struggle with it. Oh gosh, me too. I, um, I love so much coming up with all these changes that I want to make and things I want to implement and start or stop doing and have all these huge ideas in my head and I they just don't translate into real life a lot of the time um so it would be great today to talk about you know what stops us and how we can overcome that so that we can make some changes create new habits um or stop doing things replace a habit with something else I guess is um you know maybe something our listeners are wanting to do Exactly. Yes. Well, I actually, you know, so just want to be able to develop good habits just because, I mean, I, that phrase good habits, it sounds so like scoldy, but like, I guess, um, routines and habits are so beneficial, um, just because they free up so much of our mental energy. We don't have to make decisions and weigh things out and kind of get that decision fatigue when things are just habitual. You know, you don't have to like motivate yourself to do something when you're doing it automatically. Um, And so it just, it really is actually a major energy saver if you've got the right kind of habits that you want. And so, you know, I just, I really want that because I want to not be expending energy on trying to remember to do something and then motivate myself to do it in that moment when I don't feel like it and blah, blah, blah. Um, So I read a book called The Power of Habit um, by Charles Duhigg, I think is how you say it. Um, But he did have a lot of interesting things to say about habits. Obviously, it was a whole book about them. Um, So I will probably sprinkle in a little bit of his um, wisdom throughout our, uh, (laughs) our podcast. Oh, I love it. And I just noted this down. I know you're going to put that book in the show notes for any of our listeners, but I wrote it down in my sheet here because when we finish up, I'm probably going to hop on Amazon and order that for myself. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good book. It's definitely worth a read. Oh, excellent. Um, so let's, um, I mean, I guess we'll just jump right in. Um, some of the things that have worked well for me for creating habits um, and I just had wanted to touch on decision fatigue. You said it before I got a chance to. We do spend so much time thinking about what it is that we're wanting to do, which is where I get overwhelmed. Um, it's, it really is very weighing on you when you are in that moment and trying to make these decisions. So for instance, say that you're um, thinking about eating better. Okay. I'm sure a lot of us, who isn't thinking about eating better. I'm pretty sure everybody's new year's resolution 
um, <laughs> right. somewhere on the list, right? Yeah. Um, so when you're in that moment, it is very hard to think about making a good food choice when to start the day, you're too exhausted to think about a good diet. So maybe you just skip breakfast and now it's lunchtime and you're really hungry and you have you know, uh, a fast food takeout option in front of you or making a good decision. And in that moment, it can be a little bit tiring to maybe choose a healthier option um, that you're just not prepared for, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it doesn't feel good. A lot of times, no matter, even if it's a good change in something we want to do, it's never easy or comfortable to change what we're doing, right? So you are now in a position where the easy choice, the comfortable choice, the familiar choice is right in front of you. And it can be a little exhausting to try and start something new just in that moment, right? So we really have to plan ahead when we are going to set goals or try and create a new habit. Um, it really starts before we actually need to take the action, right? Mm -hmm. um, plan, plan, plan. And I think the thing that you really need to start with, at least for me, is to think about why you wanna change something, right? So it's not, um, it's maybe not so much like, I wanna look good in a swimsuit come summer, right? It, I'm saying right a lot today. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll try and curb that. As it came out, I was like, this is the 17th time I've said that. Not an um, annoying habit to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's annoying. me. Um, so if, if you're just thinking about an end goal, like wanting to look good in a swimsuit, uh, that's a goal. But if we're talking about a habit and changing our habits, it's good to think about why or maybe what your bigger goal is. I'm wanting to change my habits so that I can make better food choices or I don't have to stress so much when I go swimsuit shopping or um, anyway, just I want to feel better about my body. I want to be healthier. Think about what your reasons are because in those moments where you're trying to decide, you know, I'm hungry and it's late and I haven't eaten all day. And, you know, maybe food is a comfort thing for you. It is for me. I'm stressed and I just want to have that donut. Mm -hmm. um, if you have a big picture of why am I doing this? Why am I going to make that sacrifice? And it needs to be bigger than I want to look good in a swimsuit, right? Because you're not thinking about the swimsuit six months from now when that donut's in front of you. You have to think about the big picture. Why am I wanting to make these changes? What is it that I want my life to look like? Why is it important to me that I make these sacrifices along the way to change the life I'm living right now? Mm -hmm. Well, and I mean, I think that, you know, one of the things that um, I'm thinking about as you're saying that is that, you know, for instance, if weight loss is your, goal, like, like you say, this time of year that it is for a lot of people. Um, so it's an easy one to talk about. Um, but if, if you're talking about wanting to look good in a swimsuit, um, if, if you kind of leave it as simple as that, that seems like a very external motivation kind of about, um, you know, pleasing other people or changing other people's perception of you or something and less internal and less motivated um, by, 
you know, something that's in you that you want, um, like you say, so kind of uh, digging in a little deeper into your own um, just personal motivations, not sort of society's motivations of this is what you should be like. And so the goal being to sort of conform to that, but more your own personal, like looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, you know, what is it that, you know, is, is driving me to want this? Is it just pleasing other people? Or is it that I genuinely want to be healthier or, um, you know, finding a way to sort of make sure that that goal is, um, I'll use the word maybe selfish, selfishly driven. Um, You know, I think sometimes that's helpful. Um, If we feel like it's something that we're doing for ourselves, sometimes it's not, sometimes it's hard for people to do things for themselves. Um, But, but I think that there can be a lot of value in sort of setting selfish goals um, so that you know, it's, it's for you and you kind of can see that. Um, and then I'm already going to bring up the book on this very first little (laughs) part of things. Um, because the other part of that, like you're saying a goal of, you know, like what you want to look like this summer, um, is pretty far off. Um, and it's interesting because in the book, he talks about how, when we look at our habits, um, a habit, it, it, is initiated by a trigger. There's always a trigger if it's a habit, you know, something we do automatically, habitually, don't decide to do and then do the, you know, the habit part of it. Um, There has to be a trigger. And then comes the habit, the thing that we do in response to that trigger. And then there's always a reward. There's always a reason that we do that thing. And that's because there's going to be some sort of reward at the end of that. Um, and so, you know, when we're talking about food, um, you know, a lot of times junk food gives us an immediate reward of feeling good. Our bodies respond with endorphins and happiness and reward triggers when we eat, um, you know, fatty, sugary foods. And so there's, there's this immediate reward that we get from that. Um, or sometimes, you know, just like energy, like, like you say, you're, you're hungry, you're tired, you haven't eaten and it's too late in the day now. (laughs) And so now you're, you're super hungry. And so, you know, something with, with sugar maybe is going to give us a more instantaneous energy boost that we're kind of looking for. So there are sort of rewards there. Uh, and so in the book, he talks about sort of recognizing the patterns of the trigger that happens that then causes the habit and then what reward we're getting from it and to kind of examine that. Um, and, and, and his idea was to look at it and not prejudge what, what those are because you might be getting a different reward than you realize out of it. Um, and so to kind of pay attention and change things up a little bit, uh, do something different in those moments of the trigger and see if you still get the reward or, you know, how it affects things. And then to basically find a substitute for that cycle for when the trigger happens, find a different action you can do that can give you a comparable reward in that moment. And that's really his recipe for, um, for effective habit changing, because it's interesting. He says in the book that that you're, the cycle, the wiring for that cycle never really goes away. Once it's there, that pattern is sort of there. Um, so the most effective thing that 
he argues we can do. And I mean, I don't, I can't say that like after I read the book, I, I completely changed all my habits. <laughs> I am a success story, but I, I feel like there was validity there um, to this concept that, you know, if you can find sometimes in the short term, a different kind of reward uh, to replace a bit of a different kind of a habit. Um, that's a helpful, helpful thing for those small everyday steps. I, I cannot agree with you more. And I want to thank you for clarifying my jumble of thoughts on finding your why about when you are setting a goal. No, no, uh, you were great. <laughs> I'm just... rambling. I'm like, it's there. It's just not coming out in like the abridged version. Thanks for wrapping that into a nicer package for me. No, no, uh, no you were great. <laughs> on the, I want to piggyback on um, the triggers because I had that written down in my notes as well. And um, a thing that helps me is to ask myself the question of if this happens, then what? So if we, you know, if we're still talking about weight loss, um, a thing that I will do is plan to derail. <laughs> it's going to happen at some point. It always does. I mean, I don't care who you are, what your goal is. At some point you are going to get off track. Mm -hmm. And I try and plan for that. So I will plan, you know, okay, if I, you know, I'm going to dinner tonight and we're going to go to a restaurant. Um, I am going to go ahead and plan for, you know, uh, I'm going to order, I'll look at the menu and see what my options are. And if we go there, then I'm going to order this. Um, and plan for the, you know, okay, um, say that they bring out a bread basket beforehand. And I have not allotted for that. <laughs> okay. Um, I can never say no to, to warm, mm -mm. delicious smelling bread, right? I no. live for carbs. And I, I need to just go ahead in my mind, acknowledge, okay, if that happens, then what? And then you can make your decision. Like I can say to myself, then it's Friday. And if I have a piece of bread, I have a piece of bread and I'm going to limit myself to one. If they bring it out, then I can have one piece. Or if they bring it out, then I am going to ask them to take it away. Or I can say if they bring it out, then I'm going to ask them to box up half of my entree before they bring my food to my table. And I can have a few slices of bread or, you know, I was planning on sharing a dessert tonight, but if they bring out the bread basket and I can't help myself, then maybe I'll skip on dessert. So go ahead and have a plan for when you mess up. Um, it will happen. You're going to have those hard days. And the thing too is don't beat yourself up. Don't ever beat yourself up. Even if I, you know, if we're still in this situation, I'm still thinking about this like basket of bread now. I can't let that go. <laughs> I know you've made us all hungry. Everyone's hungry now. Um, you know, say that I eat the whole basket of bread by myself. Like, <laughs> just scarf it all down. And then I eat my whole entree and I've had a glass of wine. And so now, you know, my restraint isn't as good and I share the dessert. Okay. It was one day and you get back on track the next day. You don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. This is not the point where you say, oh, I'm never going to be a size four. I just forget it all. It's okay. Uh, you, we all mess up. We all get off track. It's not the end of the world. 
um, it's a setback and we should allow ourselves room for those in life anyway, but definitely if, if it is going to upset you to get off track, planning ahead for if this, then that. If I'm supposed to go to the gym, but it snows tomorrow, then I will take a run in the park or I can, you know, do a Zumba class from the living room or, you know, just make a plan for if something happens, what you will do to replace it um, or adjust for it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's interesting how you were saying, you know, you have to kind of think about yourself and how it's going to affect you to get off course. Um, because I know that you really love, um, bread. well, bread, who, who doesn't <laughs> bread is a really great reward unless you're trying to lose weight, then don't use that as your reward. Um, <laughs> but you really love like trackers. Um, I know it's a great motivator for you. Like, you know, a Fitbit kind of thing that sort of tracks your, yes. you know, did you reach your step goal or whatever? Um, and so, you know, that's a really effective reward mechanism for you when you can kind of see the boxes ticked off, like I did it. And it's, it, you know, it's a motivator and it's a reward and it works really well for you. Um, but as you pointed out in our first podcast and talking about perfectionism um, and how my perfectionism tends to be to quit when I'm seeing that it's not perfect. Because of that tendency to when something isn't perfect in exactly the way I want it to be, the tendency to want to just abandon it, things that track me like that are not a good motivator because then as soon as I do mess up, which like you say, it's inevitable, you're going to stumble, you're going to, you know, have those days where you just don't quite live up. When I see that reflected back at me with a tracker or something, it makes me feel like I want to just, you know, give up like, well, you know, I, I failed at this point. Like that was, <laughs> that was a failure where, you know, I'm out, I'm done. Um, and so, you know, you have to kind of be aware of who you are and what, what those good rewards and motivators are going to be for you because they're going to be different for everybody. You're absolutely right. Um, everybody's approach to the journey of creating new habits, um, setting goals for themselves is different. I do love trackers. I have so many like, bullet journals and apps and charts and i love my fitbit uh, <laughs> i love love my fitbit i for me being able to see a record to visually see what i have accomplished every little step that's getting me closer because it's hard for me to see uh the finish line if you will if i can't see the steps i'm taking along the way where for you that actually is very hard. Another thing that I've found interesting, whenever I've read anything or talked to anybody almost about setting goals, one of the number one pieces of advice I hear is tell people about it. The first thing you should do is tell people, make an announcement that you're going to do this. That way people can cheerlead you and hold you accountable. And, you know, you can add friends on Fitbit and like challenge people to steps. I don't have a single friend on Fitbit. I don't like to tell anybody what I'm doing because I don't like the, where you feel like it's failure if you 
you know, if you don't meet your step goal on Fitbit that day and Fitbit shakes its little finger at you because you've been moving it. <laughs> I, I feel like my goals become other people's goals. Mm. If I share them, suddenly I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for other people. And that gets hard when I'm, you know, I'm hungry and I've been doing so great, but I'm looking at that piece of cake. And I think now I'm thinking about it going, well, gosh, I told Sarah that I was going to do better on my diet. So I shouldn't eat this cake. Then I just sort of feel like you're punishing me or you're going to be disappointed in me. And, yeah. and that's not, that's not a good reason for me not to want to eat the cake. I should think to myself, man, I've done a really great job this week and I've been so proud of myself and I'm going to have the, um, you know, self-control to say no to this or just have one bite of this. And that way I can still feel the same pride tomorrow. Uh, some people really, really do thrive on that team motivation um, and the public support and you know, being held accountable by others. For me, that doesn't work. So it, it is a really important thing before you even get started to try and identify what's going to be helpful for you and what actually might make it harder. Yes. Well, I, I have read multiple things because there is so much, um, you know, research and things that kind of supports this idea of if you're being held accountable by other people, you know, you'll, you'll try harder and stuff. But, you know, I've read so many things that also say the opposite. And they say, if you, you know, talk about what you're doing, the reward that you get from the support of people supporting the idea and expressing their, you know, congratulations on embarking on this journey or, you know, whatever that positive response you get from people that you just share the idea with, it makes you feel the need not to go on and actually do the thing because you've already gotten the reward yeah. of the positive response. And so, that yeah, was easy. Yeah. exactly, exactly. And so, you know, like you say, it can have the opposite effect. It just depends on uh, who you are. And, you know, I think that it, for me, it depends on really what I'm doing and, and my motivations for doing it and stuff. But sometimes if I just have that one person that really gets me and that really, you know, understands what I'm doing and why I'm doing it, um, who will, you know, kind of periodically ask about it or, you know, yeah. whatever. Um, I think that I tend to find that um, maybe my sweet spot is just kind of having that one person or that small group um, that kind of knows about it. Um, and it's not necessarily going to bug me about it, but it's going to, right. you know, occasionally ask me about it. Um, and actually I do think back often when I think about like, how can I, you know, get this habit going and stuff. I think back to, um, in high school, my best friend and I decided to kind of make this exercise pact that we were going to exercise every day. Um, you know, each of us individually at home, not like get together because it was going to be super, super short. We were like, it's going to be like do 10 push-ups and 15 crunches and that's it. And so it was a really, really small 
obviously <laughs> easy, doable challenge. And that was kind of the point was that then when we saw each other at school and we said, hey, did you do your exercise? It was really hard to say no <laughs> because it was yeah. like, yeah, you didn't find the 60 seconds to do that really. Um, and it was so effective because there was that accountability there. And there was kind of that pressure of like, that's so easy. I, you know, I'm going to look stupid if I say, no, I didn't do it. And so the habit formed and then we built on it. And then the challenge got harder and harder until we were doing a, a more significant workout, you know, by the end of the school year or whatever it was that we were doing. And it, it was really effective for me. Um, and so I have kind of gone back to that as I try to build new routines and habits. And I'll think about that effectiveness of doing something super small and just really bite-sized and just almost seems irrelevant. Like people would probably criticize you if you went around sharing and, you know, broadcasting <laughs> this goal of <laughs> exercising for a minute every day. Um, More exercise minutes than I've done today. So <laughs> one minute well, I actually got super excited because I found this article um, about exercise snacking. And so apparently they've done some studies that support this notion that exercise snacks can be just as effective as long exercise routines. Um, and it was kind of saying in the article that the you know, the long workout of an hour workout or something was kind of popularized by gyms because, you know, you go all the way to the gym. So you do kind of a longer workout. Um, but they were doing some studies that were showing that people who did really just a few minutes, like maybe two to three minutes or up to 10 minutes, um, but even just the two to three of exercise, you know, maybe running in place or something that really gets your heart rate up for just a couple minutes, we're really experiencing the full benefits of that. Um, and so I was like, oh, well, I can, <laughs> I can do that. And so I, you know, I've started just when I kind of think about it, I don't have a, like a super great routine set yet, but I'm, I'm trying to develop the habit of, um, you know, doing these little exercise snacks. And I was so pleasantly surprised because usually exercise just makes me tired. It wears me out. Um, even if it's something like yoga or something that's all calm, I still just, I feel like I want to sit down and rest and have a snack after I exercise. <laughs> but these little, just teeny little bite-sized snack exercises actually give me a little energy boost, which is not something I've ever experienced from exercise before. Um, so it's actually a really great talking about that sort of reward. If I'm, you know, in the afternoon and I'm kind of hitting that afternoon lag, I'm tired, but I have stuff I need to do. I can be like, okay, well, you know, I have this moment here where I have to push through and get stuff done that I need to do, but I'm tired. This is a great moment for an exercise snack, because then I can get it in real quick. I can procrastinate what I don't want to get to for a couple minutes. I can get it in. And then I come out of that, you know, two minutes or whatever, a little bit more energized. And so, um, you know, that that's been working out well for me. That's awesome. Yeah. I had it written down too. It was one of my pieces of advice for creating habits and setting goals is to start where you are and um, not bite off more than you can chew, which mm -hmm. is exactly, I think what you're talking about. You don't have to say, gosh, I want to get in better shape this year. So I need to go sign up for a gym membership and figure out where I'm going to find the extra hour and a half out of my day. And 
you know, now if I go before in the, in the mornings, do I have to come home and shower? Cause I'm going to be all sweaty or do I do it at the end of the day? And mm-hmm. you know, how far out of my commute is this? Or even with COVID, how do you make this possible? And I have to get workout clothes and I have to clear out my whole pantry and get yeah. healthy foods. It gets mm-hmm. very overwhelming. Yeah. You don't have to run out and buy a Fitbit and headphones and sneakers and, you know, get a personal trainer. You don't have to do those things. Start where you are and just start with something manageable. And, you know, for some people, it might be a bigger commitment. Some people, it depends on what your goal is and who you are. Um, Some people really like to go all in on something and start Mm -hmm. really big. Yeah. I tend to not do things if I don't have to commit all the way. For me, it is much harder actually to <laughs> commit to doing, like I will have plank for 60 seconds is on my to-do list literally every day. <laughs> I cannot tell you the last time I did a plank, but it was it was probably like 2017, okay? And <laughs> so I have been moving this to next day for literally years. <laughs> it's, it's such an easy thing for me to overlook because I'm constantly going, it'll just take a minute and I don't feel like doing it right now. So I'll do it later. Mm-hmm. And, and here we are. And I can't tell you the last time I did a plank, but what I can commit to is going, all right, Amy, you just spent $90 on that pair of sneakers and 30 on the pair of headphones you better get your, you know, little feet out there walking around, get your money's worth out of those. Um, To me, that actually is much more motivating, but it's not to everybody. So again, you have to find, like you say, just find your, what works for you. Um, Some people like to ease into things. Some people go cold turkey or, you know, just all in. So it's really trying to identify that within yourself. And if you don't know, if you just honestly can't think of a time that you've made a change in your life and how you did it, then try something and it's either right or wrong, but it's going to at least give you some evidence to work with as you shape your plan. Um, and then adjust as you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I, I love that. Cause it's true. It's, and I, you know, I have had those moments where, you know, I, when we, lived a little bit closer to this like indoor rock climbing wall and we, you know, got a membership. It was this, you know, motivator of like, well, we spent money on this <laughs> membership. <laughs> if we don't go, then it's, you know, it's a waste of money. And so, you know, that was definitely a motivating factor for that. So like you say, you have to, you have to figure it out. And like you say, you don't, if you don't know, or maybe you think, you know, maybe you've only ever really tried it one way and haven't even realized that maybe you're, you're going about it the wrong way for you. Um, the last one that I kind of had a note about of something that is effective for me that can maybe be effective for other people, um, is to try to attach the new habit or the new routine to one that's already there. Um, so if I'm kind of having to start, you know, I guess anything you're going to be, you know, starting from scratch or starting from square one, but, you know, if, if I'm feeling like it's a brand new thing that I'm, you know, working around or fitting in, I think it's harder than if I can find a way to say, well, I'll do this while I'm already, you know, there, when I'm already close to this place, 
you know, that's going to be the easiest time to just then, instead of going straight from, you know, whatever. I'm for some reason I'm having a really hard time coming up with an example. I'm all rambly today. So I think I know exactly what you mean. If you attach it to something that you're already doing, it's already an existing habit. Yes. And you sort of cling it on to that. It can make it a little bit easier. I think like if you decided, um, I'm going to start going to the gym and what I will do is get a membership at one that's on my way home from work. Yes. That I pass by. <laughs> I pass right by it and it doesn't have to be my forever gym, but it's going to be the gym I start with because I already pass it every day when I've already left work and I can go in there for half an hour and I'm just going to start the habit this way. Is that what you're trying to say? Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. Cause it's, yeah, I, I think sometimes what I do is I'll like, I'll set alarms on my phone and I'll think, you know, oh, well, you know, I'll set this alarm and that'll be my reminder to do such and such. And what happens is the alarm goes off. I'm in the middle of something. I turn the alarm off and then I forget about it entirely, of course, because yes. <laughs> I was, I was already absorbed in something else. Um, whereas if it's like, okay, I'm not going to do this at a certain time when I might be busy with something else, or, you know, maybe on a certain day where things kind of can shift and change, you have different appointments and things that come up. Um, instead, if you go, I'm going to do this after I do this other thing that I do every day. It's kind of already built in a little bit, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the last thing that I wanted to touch on was sort of something to keep in mind when you start um, is it does take about 66 days to create a new habit. And depending on where you look, I think you can get different answers, but they, they think the generally accepted number is 66 days to really create a new habit. It's kind of a long time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and for me, the best thing to do is set some small goals for along the way. So I'm going to reward myself if, you know, I make it a week into whatever, um, you know, if I've gone to the gym five days out of seven and that was my goal, I'm going to give myself a little reward, whatever that is, um, you know, and, you know, be careful, obviously, like you said earlier about the bread, you want to <laughs> make sure that your rewards are appropriate. If I've gone to the gym for five days and my goal is weight loss, food is maybe not a great um, reward, but, you know, maybe you I don't, wanted a 15 minute massage or you, you know, want to get your nails painted or maybe you want to, but yeah, I don't know. Um, download some new music for next time you're at the gym or whatever it is, set yourself some small goals so that you can have some victories along the way as you're trying to reach that 66 days to where it gets a little bit easier and the decision fatigue every time has worn off. Right. Yes. Um, the other thing that is helpful for me is when I'm starting something that I'm maybe not super excited about doing, um, which diet and exercise often fall into that too. <laughs> Just commit to it for a month. Think about it as a trial period. It's very easy when you're hungry and you don't feel like going to the gym. It's very easy to think this is not the life that I want to lead. Being skinny is not worth this, right? But, and I said right again, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you apologizing? Um, so, uh, 
instead of thinking about it as a long term, this is the whole rest of my life. Think about, can I do this for a month? Because mm. it's going to take twice that for it to become habit, but you will probably see some results from whatever you're doing after 30 days. So if you are trying to lose weight, you will see some weight loss by the end of 30 days. If you are trying to get in shape, you will see some results in 30 days. If you are trying to do basically anything, save money or you will probably see at least some measurable results at the end of 30 days. And at that point, you're halfway there. You are halfway there to it becoming a habit. And you've already invested this whole month. You have something to show for it. And it can sort of give you enough motivation to hang in there. And once you reach that 66 days, the decision fatigue is starting to wear off. And it's not so hard to think about going to the gym on your way home from work or, you know, maybe substituting broccoli instead of French fries with your dinner or, you know, whatever it is that you're trying to change in life. Um, so setting small goals and telling yourself, I'm going to try this for a month and then I can decide from there. Those have been really helpful things for me as well. Those are some great pieces of advice. So I think that that's a great challenge to, to leave our listeners with to, you know, figure out what it is that they maybe want to set a goal for and create some new habits around and just, you know, decide to try it for a month. So and tell us if you are the type that likes community support and sharing your goals, find us on Instagram. We are at let's underscore talk pod on Instagram and you can share with us what you're up to and you know send us pictures whatever and we will be so happy to cheer you on yes absolutely 100% regardless of our own feelings about having people know about our goals we're always happy to cheer on other people oh, I love hearing other people <laughs> I love being a cheerleader I just don't like sharing my goals yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll share some of our goals on Instagram. We'll, we'll have to see. Maybe we will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, highs and lows. I'm not sure who's going first. Do you have a preference, Sarah, on if you'd like to start or go second? Uh, I'll, I'll start us. I'll okay. start with my low. Uh, we had a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of snow this last week, and I had to get out and drive in the snow and totally got stuck. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing. No, sorry. So I've already expressed my sympathy. <laughs> Yes, it was. Oh my gosh. Well, we are, we're from Colorado. We grew up in Colorado. So if there's one thing we know how to do, it is get unstuck when you're stuck. But I mean, I was just, I, I was high centered, which means that, you know, it wasn't a matter of the, the tires not being able to grip because of snow and ice. It was just so much snow backed up under the car that I just couldn't, <laughs> couldn't move. And all I had to dig with was a, a like a, you know, a scraper brush thing for the windshield. <laughs> I was trying to dig out all the snow packed under my car with that brush. And um, gosh, it made for a very long, long morning. And eventually my husband did just have to pack up the kids in the car and come get me, which is not what I wanted. Um, 
but um, and then right at the moment that he showed up, snowplows showed up and actually pulled the car out for us. So um, it was, you know, it all ended up okay. But it was, it was a low. It was, it was not a fun morning for sure. I got a lot of exercise. Probably lost a couple pounds. Uh, and if you had a Fitbit, Miss doesn't like trackers. You would know how many calories. I would know there. exactly how many calories. I'm just going to imagine it was more than it probably even was because it was. <laughs> Sorry. It was a long morning. Um, so that I, I'm gonna call my low. Um, but um, for my high, I'll say um my birthday was also this last week, and I had a lovely birthday. Um, you know, spent it with my family. We played on the new uh Nintendo Switch, which was fun, and um watched Wizard of Oz, which is one of my favorite movies, and just kind of had a nice day together as a family hanging out so it was super fun so this is going to be wonderfully ironic because my high well i'm going to end with my high my low was actually your birthday oh no (laughs) i felt terrible because not only had i not mailed your birthday present i still have your christmas present (laughs) It is going to be in the same box as we're recording this in February. Which is totally um, fine. And, well, I know, but for me, I feel terrible because I really, I care so much that it's your birthday and I want you to know that I care. And so I buy you a thoughtful present. You're going to love it. Um, <laughs> I know I will. You always give it's great very thoughtful. It's just that it's still here. It's- <laughs> That's the problem. And that is something I, it's not just you. I actually have a box that I was supposed to mail Katie for her birthday back in June. (laughs) Maybe I'll get to that. So um, (laughs) I can see the hope diminishing from your face that you're ever going to get your present. Um, Just extends the celebration. (laughs) Yes. Um, I'll just lump it all in with next year's Christmas presents. So yeah, that I just feel terrible and it's, I have no one to blame but myself and, um, there's no excuse for it. And I feel terrible and yet I don't go to the post office and all that that does is, you know, disappoint the ones that I love. So that was actually Milo as I felt terrible, terrible about that. Um, oh, thank goodness for Amazon and same day deliver of stuff. But um, <laughs> yes, I got a present. I got a I, present from you. <laughs> I, I did send you a, 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 an Amazon gift card. Um, and the other ironic part here is that my high was all the snow that we got. <laughs> I love this, that we just flip-flopped. We have very different perspectives on things sometimes. Um, So the snow that we got here, we had one day of really, really heavy snow on Tuesday. And we got a snow day, which, and again, this will be something, if you're a parent, you may have a different perspective on, but I love snow days. I love them so much. I'm very, very lucky that my work schedule, the only commitment that I have um, for hours that I do have to be in there um, are absolutely always exactly aligned with my children's school schedule since my work hours are dependent on the school district. So my other work I can just do from home or take the day off for the most part and I can just enjoy the day with my kids, which is what we did 
we had so much fun. We watched a movie. Um, we did not watch Wizard of Oz. We watched a Star Wars movie, but we watched a movie. We had mozzarella sticks, which is always kind of our special, like, um, kind of our little treat. So we had mozzarella sticks from the air fryer. We watched a movie. We had lunch upstairs with the bunnies. We had a picnic on the floor with the bunnies. We made a fort. We had a snowball fight. We just had a really, really fun snow day. I love when those happen. Um, And it just, it was really, really great to get to spend the day that way with the kids so that was actually my high when you were out getting stuck um, <laughs> no the kids and I were, were having a great time sorry about that well, no. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad you were that's yeah. your day did not go like mine <laughs> <laughs> me too <laughs> oh my god well thanks to everybody for tuning in and joining us again uh, we hope you'll be back next time and again um, find us on Instagram Um, share us with your friends, reach out if you have questions or things you want to talk about. Um, We would love to hear from you. Yep. We're here and we will be here again next time. And we'll see you then. (laughs) Bye. Bye. World. World.